0: Isn't it a terrific Tuesday? It's Adrian Lawrence and I am filling in for the great Nina Turner. And this is Unbossed. Thanks so much for joining us today and definitely do not forget, hit that subscribe, the share, share the stream. That's right and also send some comments cuz you know I love reading them during our breaks and I also very much love the one and only Rayvana. Oh, my rebel HQ contributor, how are you doing today? I'm great, I'm good, looking forward to it. Happy to be on the show with you. Yes, and especially the congrats on finishing law school and graduating. That's a huge, huge feat. Thank you. Yes, and I know they could definitely use your help down in Florida because they seem to be passing all sorts of laws that are very problematic. Um, And one in particular has a fifth grade teacher in a situation where she's now being investigated by the Florida Department of Education. Yeah, and this investigation is coming after that teacher showed her students a strange world. That's a 2022 animated Disney movie that happens to just have a biracial gay character. Yeah, that's right. The teacher's name is Jenna Barbie and she shared her story on social media.
1: So due to the fact that they spent their morning state standardized testing. uh, I had a lot of students not in my room who typically are and I had another teacher students in my room. I thought it would be a great time to give them a brain break by showing a movie that related to what we were learning about in school. Other fifth grade classes did this as well. So I wanna bring up the issue that I'm in trouble for. I was told by every teacher and mentor at our school that our method for approval by administration of showing movies was to have a signed parent permission slip for PG movies. I had that from the beginning of the year. The whole fifth grade team had signed permission slips for PG movies with no objections to specific content. Um I actually had one student who did have objection to specific content, not showing the Buzz Lightyear movie, but she wasn't in my classroom anymore. so it wasn't a big deal. Uh, The reason I was turned in is because one of the split students was a school board members daughter. That school board member is currently on a rampage to get rid of every form of representation out of our schools.
0: Yeah, and that school board member has raised hell at this school, which is the winding waters K through 8th school. And it's out there in Tampa Clearwater metro area. That school board member who's also a parent, her name is Shannon Rodriguez. Here is a picture of her. Yep, this woman in particular, do not snicker. Now she reported the teacher Barbie to the Florida Department of Education. And in response to Mrs. Rodriguez's complaint about Barbie showing that Disney film while the Office of Professional Practices Services launched an investigation to determine whether to revoke her educator certificate. Yes, they sent her this letter pictured here saying they're initiating an investigation over the film on whether showing that Disney movie and also It could end up taking away Barbie's license and this is wild in particular because Florida is in crisis right now due to lack of teachers. But anyway, they pushed forward and so after notifying Barbie of the investigation. Well, the school put out this statement. Yesterday, the Disney movie Strange World was shown in your child's classroom. While not the main plot of the movie, parts of the story involves a male character having an expressing feelings for another male character. In the future, this movie will not be shown. The school administration and the district's professional department standards department is currently reviewing the matter to see if further corrective action is required. Now again, If you're unfamiliar with strange world, here's the picture of its cover. Yeah, it's about a story of a family of explorers and one of the family members happens to be a first ever out gay character in a Disney film. And this family is going on an adventure to save their planet's energy source. I don't see the problem here, but of course I'm not Florida. And on May 9th, well, the school board there, they had something to say. Particularly Shannon Rodriguez, the board member, she stated this. It is not a teacher's job to impose their beliefs upon a child, religious, sexual orientation, gender identity, any of the above. But allowing movies such as this assist teachers in opening a door and please hear me, they assist teachers in opening a door for conversations that have no place in the classrooms. As a leader in this community, I'm not going to stand by and allow this minority to infiltrate our schools. God. Did put me here. That is so incredibly interesting. Since she just said it wasn't teachers' positions to force any kind of religion, yet she's out here saying God has put me here as a member of the school board. To invoke her religious principles and force them on students, apparently. Well, Jenna Barbie, she wasn't having it. And she responded as such. A school board member, a school board member, an elected official of power who was supposed to be nonpartisan, is allowed to present to the public that she is Christian and that God appointed her to the board. And yet it is indoctrinated that I showed a Disney movie. I'm a first year teacher. Yeah, you don't have to be a first year teacher, Miss Barbie, to have um, more intellectual brain cells than apparently everybody there who's allowing this nonsense to continue to go on. Anyway, so this complaint, it's coming because of Governor Ron DeSantis's don't say gay bill. And also I would say his attacks on Disney all and wholeheartedly unwarranted, but we definitely know that DeSantis is going out of his way to ensure that um, the LGBTQ community, as well as any other racial, racially marginalized group or any marginalized group that is uh, in Florida, wants to leave Florida. This is all being, you know, discussed under the guise of parental rights, which is fun. Uh, Ravana, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I mean, I could talk for a long time about her hypocrisy and the way that it is breaking my brain right now. Um but one thing I want to mention is that she said that a teacher wouldn't be allowed to impose their religious beliefs on their students. And, you know, as as our current legal system stands, that's true. But what they can do is teach about religion. They can teach that religions exist and that people have these beliefs. So even if you wanna go down that road, having a movie that has a gay character in it isn't pushing a belief on anybody. It's showing that gay people exist, which is objectively true. You know, So to sort of push the idea that that is, forcing your beliefs on anybody is absurd on its own front. But also those same you know religious people would be in furious if we weren't teaching religious tolerance as it applies to Christians. Why can't we teach tolerance as it applies to people you know who are a different sexuality than one another? It's of course, it's absurd and all of it is just, you know uh, it's a front to push forward their bigotry and their Christo-fascist agenda. Absolutely,
0: and it's interesting because they are pushing forward heteronormativity and all the other Disney classics and Snow White, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, all of these things. Well, that kind of pushes bestiality, but whatever, you know what I mean. The fact is that heteronormativity is offered and served up to kids all day long and ain't nobody got complaints, but only when it's a marginalized groups form of love is that problematic. Anyway, we know that Florida is very problematic and the fascist leadership there. They are continuing to harm their constituents, particularly in passing a new law. Uh, they like to call it protections of medical conscience. Yeah, listen to it.
2: It's a very simple thing. The bill says that if I'm a physician and I have a conscious based objection, I have a moral
1: objection to something, I should be able to say no. That, that I mean, that is the freedom to be able to make those decisions as a healthcare professional, um, and you know, unfortunately, you are seeing across this country where that is not the case. If I say no, there's repercussions. There are no repercussions in this in the state in the free state of Florida if you have a conscious based objection. For that, I'm. There. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that was Florida State Senator Jay Trumbull trying to make it sound completely and totally rational. This new law that they've enacted and that Governor DeSantis assigned protections of medical conscience, they call it. But it's been dubbed by us realist as let them die act because it basically allows doctors and health insurance companies to deny care to anyone. If it's based on their own moral, ethical or religious beliefs, that's right. Providers and insurers will face no consequence whatsoever. Check this, so the law allows any medical provider, including doctors, nurses, ambulance drivers, pharmacists, mental health professionals, lab technicians, nursing home workers and hospital administrators, as well as insurance companies and payment entities. The right to deny care on the basis of any conscientious objection. This care can include refusing to conduct research and record keeping and denying medical tests, diagnoses, referrals, medications and therapies. And it's not about religious freedom at all. As far as I'm concerned, this is about discrimination and emboldening and empowering those who choose to discriminate against other marginalized groups because they want to. Mm -hmm. More from New Republic, while the legislation says that healthcare providers can't use it to deny care based on a patient's race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. Attempts by Democratic lawmakers to extend those protections to gender identity and sexuality failed. And the reaction has been swift. Kara Gross, she's the legislative director and senior policy counsel for the ACLU there in Florida stated this. This bill is shocking in its breadth, vagueness and government overreach into the private sector and regulated businesses. It goes far beyond any alleged claims of religious freedoms. And it's intended to just like the don't say gay bill and all of these other very rogue, very fascist laws that DeSantis is signing into law. The fact is, is that it's not uh, supposed to pass constitutional muster. No, it's not at all. It's supposed to instill fear into people. It's supposed to make people want to flee and not be there. It's supposed to bolster white supremacy. So I'm not surprised that it's vague, that is overly broad. And that it will not uh, not conflict with federal
2: law. Cuz this is exactly how DeSantis does business, Rivana. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. There's no way that this could withstand a constitutional challenge. But you're right, that's not the point of it. The point of it is to instill fear in these minorities and let them know that they're not safe in, in, this, uh, in the state of Florida. But I do want to say, what kind of genuinely held religious belief that a healthcare provider could hold that would allow them to deny care to somebody that might result in them dying? What sort of what religious justification could you offer? To support that. That is absurd. That's disgusting. You know, it stands against everything that these, you know, Christians in this country purport to believe that the people who are passing these laws claim that they believe, you know, that they, they believe in the love of Jesus Christ and they love, you know, thy neighbor as thyself. Well, I don't think you would watch yourself die as you drove the ambulance away <laughs> because, you know, that person was, I mean, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. And it truly is just pure bigotry.
0: Absolutely, and what it does is it empowers and enables the bigotry that's already lying in people's belief structures, whether it's conscious or unconscious bias. And it's incredibly scary that individuals who are healthcare workers are now empowered to let that bias flag fly uh, and to do so with impunity because that's kind of what went down this past weekend in New York City where a healthcare worker has gone viral for weaponizing good old fashioned white women's tears to the detriment of of a young black man. And fortunately the entire counter encounter was caught on camera. Watch. Help, help,
1: me. Please help, me. Please help <laughs> me! Please
0: help me! It's not your bike! It's not your bike! Please help me! Help! Please get
1: off me! What the fuck is going on, bro? Yo, don't nah, take him, bro. Now you're not getting what? the bike, bro. Now you're not
0: getting the bike. Brother. Help
1: okay. Get in the get me, I'm not. Why took his he phone. What's wrong with you? You're not phone. You're not I'm not I'm you
0: Yeah, as you saw in the video there, a PA. For, that's physician's assistant for the Bellevue Hospital. Uh, her name is Sarah Jane Comrie and what she did is essentially tried to take a bike that wasn't registered to her and she knew it. But apparently people really love these new bikes uh, that are accessible there in New York City. But instead of her simply going to find another bike or realizing maybe not today, she decided to scream help as though she was being assaulted. Yeah, that's right. Again, Sarah Jane Comrie, and uh, we should really see kind of what happens next when her coworker shows up. No, stop!
2: Go. No, 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 no! no
1: I said go, no! I said no. sit down! Please, come, she 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 please, she's just crying. What's up? You're me. not You're so so. crying. You're not I crying. To I, to got, I got I got your to video. Fight. Drunk? Where are you 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 pulled it out? Hassan, you uh, pulled it out. Hassan, I you pulled it out. This is my bike. It's so on my account. Man. Please me. Alright, so why don't we set reset the bike? I'm man. not resetting so the man. bike. It's, it's his. his. It's his. It's so his. it. I'm gonna pull it throw out in your
0: account. account. You you
1: that's this just my I'm fake crying. That's your you guys, this this is work fake crying. Stop fake oh crying. God. Hey, stop touching no, don't me. I don't touch me. Hold up, hold up. Hey, hey stop, stop touching one. me. Stop touching me. Why don't you stop take this place? I'm no, touching touch me. You not sufferin' that, I will. Exactly, so take it. it. So hey, take it. Ah, buggy, you're stupid. Out of here. Out of here. Stupid The baby gonna come out with one. How you stop crying? Not a not a tree came down, man. Not a tree came down.
0: All right, so two things in particular really bother me about that situation. For the moment that she sees a white man, her little white savior roll up, she starts fake crying. Yeah, those white woman tears, they have caused the lynching of black men for centuries and she knew exactly what she was doing. Just like Amy Cooper did in Central Park. Call, Call me knew exactly what was going on here. Sarah Jane Comrie, excuse me, she knew what she was doing, she knew. And so she knew it would get this man on her side and that's exactly what happened cuz that second point I want to make is the fact that he comes up and thinks he's being a neutral bystander in some way and he's his response is to say to the young men, "Oh, you could just reset the bike and give it to her." As though white supremacy should always win. "Oh, let's make sure this white woman is taken care of." It's not a matter of the fact that, "No, that is your bike and that's in your registered name. She needs to step off." No, it's a thought of, "Oh, these young black men just don't understand that they can just bow to the side and let her have what she wants. Get the hell out of here, you are not neutral, you are not helpful. If anything, that little unconscious bias that's operating in the back of your mind is part of the problem. So while it seems that Comrie is operating on conscious bias, her a little unconscious bias buddy is also part of the problem. But I'm very, very grateful that these young men stood their ground, Ravana.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I was I was glad to hear the men calling out the fact that she, you know, flipped the crying switch like that and flipped it back off when she realized that, you know, she wasn't going to get what she wanted, which I can only assume is, you know, for the police to be called on these men or for them to be, you know, uh, accused of assaulting her, which was what she was trying to portray as happening. But I think you're exactly right about the bystander who came over because what he was demanding for them to do was, uh, you know, pay for the amount of time that this woman had stolen between. Uh, him in the bike and return it to her or return it so that she could then check it out, which is ridiculous and not a solution whatsoever. and only one you would offer if you you know even implicitly believe that somehow he's in the wrong when she clearly is the person who is causing this entire commotion and he's done nothing. I also read that she stole that bag of food that's in her hand and that that was actually his lunch. So you know, I mean, this this woman was just completely out of control no without a doubt and the thing is it's it's just
0: like um in that same vein of always asking black people oh do you forgive this white person who did this terrible thing to you it's the thought that we have to just step aside and allow the white person to have whatever is necessary in order to cause or bring the peace. It is a problem. That young man's bike was his. I don't care how far it went, how didn't, how far it did not go. The fact is that you need actual justice in that situation, and there should have been no question about it. But you know, Sarah Jane Comrie got essentially what she wanted. That video went viral, tens of millions of views, and it got the attention of her employer because, as you may have seen during that video, she found time to take off her badge for. Manhattan's NYC Health and Hospitals Bellevue. Uh, but uh, yeah, the employer had some time to put out this statement. They said, We are aware of the video involving a healthcare provider off duty and away from the hospital campus. The incident in this video is disturbing. The provider is currently out on leave and will remain on leave pending a review. As a health system, we are committed to providing an environment for our patients and staff that is free from discrimination of any kind. Yeah. Uh huh. And the thing is, is that, you know, I teach unconscious bias. The reality is we all have it. I am not above it. I have it too. But I do have an obligation to work to dismantle that unconscious bias, to bring it to my consciousness and try to remove it or reduce its impact on the world around you. When you have instances in healthcare where these providers are not putting in the work, what you have is the death. Of black and brown people, you have the death of black and brown women, the death of black and brown babies. And the stats have shown us that time and time again. So by virtue of Sarah Jane Comrie being in the healthcare profession and weaponizing white supremacy like that against those young men consciously doing so, based on what I saw, that should tell you she should not be anywhere providing for anyone in terms of their health. Ravana, do you
2: have any last thoughts? Yeah just that if the hospital wants to prove that they actually have a commitment to you know diversity equity inclusion then they should swiftly fire her their review should be quick and I think it's quite obvious what the solution is you shouldn't have this woman near you know a healthcare system especially where she's more likely than not you know assisting in the treatment of black patients because we see that she's a racist individual we know that that's also going to play into the way that she does her job Absolutely and if anything, if I were a doctor who'd work with her, I would not
0: work with her because that's just screaming malpractice insurance going through the roof because this video is out here showing how she cares for Black lives and her weaponizing white supremacy to their detriment. So you can't tell me that all of a sudden uh, the flip gets switched or the switch gets flipped when she logs on for work. No, 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 no. She carries that same mentality with her in the job she does. And anybody who wants to talk more to Bellevue, well, what I can tell you is they have a community advisory board that meets monthly, and the next meeting is coming up on May 24th. So if you go to their website in Bellevue, there, you can ask for a link to attend and participate in that uh, that meeting, which it says is available by Webex and also conference call. Uh, and if they try to tell you, you have to appear in person, it's okay to push back because we have a right to speak our piece and to ensure that citizens and we the people are protected away from what, what Joe Biden says is the most dangerous thing facing the United States, white supremacy. That's right, and I've got more for you, we will be back after this break. Welcome back to Unbossed. It's Adrian Lawrence filling in for the great Nina Turner. And y'all should be members because I think you know what all the benefits bring. And if you don't, well, God, you need to learn now. That's right. You will get access to incredible content and you'll always be in a position to help and uplift TYT so we can speak the truth, that's right, the progressive message. So our members are truly what make TYT possible, especially at a time when things are changing. Support our work, be a part of it, that's right. Sign up for membership today at tyt slash join. Also the progress report, if you haven't signed up for it yet, Go oh, get it! TYT's weekday morning newsletter, The progress Report. Every morning we give you the best progressive news. Scan the QR code here, or go to tyt.com/newsletter. Oh, and with George Santos gone, yes, we were just talking about that. There's some new merch dropping at TYT at shoptyt. Uh, yes, so check out by Santos design. Bye bye Santos. Yeah, go ahead and get it at shoptyt com and also get on this podcast. That's right. You can check in on unbossed, any episode you missed. Hear us, be with us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is, and give us those five stars. Oh, for the DYT members out there, Kyle CH says, congrats, Ray, on your law school. Oh, 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 that's so great, graduation, huge, love it, now just the bar. Mo Fury says, my white mama would have beat my white ass if I had pitched a fit like that for not being allowed to disrespect someone, not condoning violence as a teaching tool. But it's obvious this girl has never been scared of the damn thing. I will say she is a woman, she is very much an adult, it's my understanding, she's also a parent. Um, this isn't pitching a fit, this is someone weaponizing white supremacy, it's not. It's not the same thing. This is this woman knowing the circumstances and that it could get those young men hurt. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad your mama would have checked you even at that lower threshold. As far as Twitch goes, dissident PM says, Ray, yes, congratulations, Ravana. I saw your message on your discord over the weekend. C23Jones88 says she made a conscious decision to try to get the black men killed. I think attempted murder charges are in order. Damn, we need a care in law, some kind of charges. And the worst part is New York did pass a law about filing false police reports or something of that nature with like a hate crime additive or whatnot. But the thing is, it's like it actually needs to be enforced and the consequences need to be significant because they weren't really enforced when it came to Amy Cooper. But of course it was enacted as a result of Amy Cooper. But the reality is there are still white women out there who have no issue with weaponizing their privilege and their supremacy. And that is part of the problem. And someone else who happens to be part of the problem is ugh, Rudy Giuliani. That's right. We're not done with him. And if you saw the news cycle, you would know that it's not a good look, especially this time. It's a stomach stomach churning, sexual abuse lawsuit that's been filed against the former attorney for Donald Trump. And the allegations here, 70 pages of a legal complaint filed yesterday. And generally we do not identify the names of sexual assault victims, but the plaintiff has decided to bravely make her name public. Her name is Noel Dunphy, and we're gonna put up a picture of her here. And you can see her not particularly comfortable sitting next to really Giuliani. She's suing him for $10 million based on allegations of sexual assault and harassment, wage theft and other misconduct. Now, Dunphy says she was an emotionally vulnerable domestic violence victim. When Giuliani hired her as a director of business development for his firm. Now, during their time together, She captured numerous audio recordings of Giuliani that really bolster her case, that's for sure. And here's a little bit of her lawsuit. From the start, Giuliani worked aggressively to hire her offering her a once in a lifetime opportunity to work for an annual salary of $1 million as his director of business development, Noel Dumphy alleges. But that $1 million pay had to be deferred, of course, since we know Giuliani is broke and he said it has to be deferred until after his divorce settlement with his third wife. Uh, Giuliani reached a divorce settlement in December 2019, but Dumphy said all she got from Giuliani were a few cash payments totaling $12,000 to cover living expenses, he still owes her 1.98 million. She says, but one thing he also definitely gave her seems to be extensive trauma. Yeah, that's right. He was supposed to represent Dunphy in her legal fight involving claims of domestic violence against her, it seems ex partner in some way. But she says he never did that. Instead, he forced her to settle it and then he also forced himself on her. The 70 page filing details multiple instances of sexual harassment and assault including accusations that Giuliani forced Dunphy to perform oral sex on him. at his Upper East Side apartment and while he took phone calls Giuliani aggressively pursued a sexual relationship with Dunphy. The filing says and made clear that satisfying his sexual demands was a requirement of her job. He continually pressured her into sex and was unconcerned about whether Dunphy had given consent the complaint says. Um, before we jump more into this, I will definitely tell you, uh, as an expert in the sexual harassment area, that sexual assault is included under the umbrella of workplace sexual harassment. It also uh, is included under the umbrella of criminal laws, as we know, and other civil laws, but it's not okay. And also, quid pro quo, a pay, pay for play kind of thing, that also is not okay. It's very much legal. Um, the problem I can foresee Dunphy running into, even though I'm sure her lawyers are on it, is the size of whatever Giuliani's firm was, because if it's not big enough, it won't be protected under the Civil Rights Act. Um, and so they might have to seek some kind of, um, you know, uh, just some kind of remedy under other state law theories. But still, it does not take it out of the fact that the things she alleged are not okay and they're wrong. And unfortunately, they don't in any way shock me knowing how Giuliani has really shaped up to be a person. Ravana,
2: are you shocked? Oh, not at all. This is, you know, very believable behavior from Rudy Giuliani. It's also unfortunate that, you know, this type of sexual harassment, you know, either quid pro quo sexual harassment, like it is in this case, or, you know, hostile work environment sexual harassment, are so common today. And, you know, there's been so many points in our history where, you know i think as a society we've thought this is the moment where we've moved on you know this is the moment where we've decided to end workplace sexual harassment um i know that there was a moment during the anita hill hearings that people really thought this is bringing attention to it this is going to stop it and then um in the you know 2017 2018 at the height of the me too movement people really believed it was ending there but it hasn't unfortunately you know, i've been working in the employment law clinic for the past couple of years for my school doing sexual harassment claims it's not gone and you know there's so many people who don't you know and we mentioned that it is unusual to say the name of the victim usually they don't want to bring that kind of attention on themselves and the repercussions that even you know making the accusation you know especially true accusations can follow them after they leave that job And if they people sue their employer, unfortunately in the future other employers are gonna think "Oh, this person is litigious. Maybe we don't wanna hire them and take on that burden. Even if the thing that they were suing for happened, even if they were the victim of sexual harassment in the workplace so it is really brave of this woman to put her name forward uh you know and hopefully it can inspire people to all to do the same and we really need to remove the the stigmatization of the victims in these cases
0: absolutely and we have to remove it too in part because we do have the explanation here that she had just gone through an abusive Uh, relationship and partnership. So she was probably extremely vulnerable and to have her own economic independence and to have this job working for this individual who is very esteemed and has his reputation and his connections. She probably was under the thought that I have to endure this in some way and she was not necessarily thinking in a healthy place. uh, But that doesn't mean she's any less the victim. Uh, And there's also some pretty interesting aspects of her lawsuit because as I mentioned there were a lot of recordings there. Uh, So check out this headline from MSNBC. Yeah, that's right, Giuliani offered to sell pardons and split money. Dunphy has some words about these alleged pardons for sale. She says this in her complaint. Giuliani also asked Ms. Dunphy if she knew anyone in need of a pardon, telling her that he was selling pardons for $2 million which he and President Trump would split. He told Ms. Dunphy that she could refer individuals seeking pardons to him so long as they did not go through the normal channels of the Office of the Pardon Attorney because correspondence going to that office would be subject to disclosure under the FOIA. Now, this could add bad news for the former president even though it's kind of like, well, I don't know, what else could be piling on, it's like get out of here, nobody cares. Um, But we definitely find this to be very interesting, especially if she has audio recordings and tapes of Giuliani orchestrating this. Because I would like
2: to think that that's something that's super uh, illegal, but that's just me, Ravana. Yeah, I'm sure those tapes exist. I think that Rudy Giuliani is maybe the (laughs) the worst uh, person positioned to cover up his tracks when he's (laughs) doing things that are illegal. I mean, he's. You know, a bumbling idiot and just absolutely incapable of keeping his mouth shut. Definitely follows the trope of conservatives always doing their crimes on camera. So I'll be really interested to see how this uh this case ends up. Absolutely.
0: And something that I'll also be interested to see is how the 2024 GOP Primary is really going to go because it seems that Ron DeSantis isn't backing down at all, even though he hasn't announced his 2024 presidential run. Um, it seems that people are flipping from Trump to him. I wonder if this is in the wake of uh, the Eugene Carroll verdict, but who knows? Anyways, a lot said that they are no longer supporting uh, President Trump, believe it or not. Check this out.
1: I got 1.2 million more votes than your successful governor's campaign. You know that. We got 1.2 million. (laughs) Sir, I'd love to have your support, sir. I'd love to have your support. I'm down at about three. I'd love to have your support. All right, let's think about it. And it was like a rocket ship after I gave it. Otherwise, right now, you'd have a lawyer someplace looking for business.
0: Yeah, you remember Donald Trump talking all that trash back in April before the Eugene Carroll verdict dropped, uh, saying how DeSantis needed all of his support. Well, it kind of seems like things might be shifting a bit. Uh, You can just ask the Republican lawmakers there in New Hampshire. In late April, Juliet Harvey Bolia, a Republican New Hampshire state representative, was one of dozens of elected officials whose endorsements for President Donald Trump announced at a packed rally in Manchester. On Tuesday, officials at Never Back Down, the Super PAC backing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said Harvey Belia is throwing her support to their guy. She is one of four New Hampshire legislatures, legislators. The others are representative Brian Cole, Lisa Smart, Deborah DeSimone, uh, whom never backed down identified as flipping from Trump to DeSantis as it rolled out endorsements from 51 lawmakers in the state who signed a pledge to back DeSantis. Now, representative Harvey Belia wanted to provide some clarification to her endorsement of DeSantis uh, saying this, I'm endorsing both. DeSantis has a lot of promise for the future, and Trump is great now. Okay, this woman needs to know this isn't like ordering appetizers. You can't just, you know, go tapa style and have a few. You have to actually back somebody and say it with your chest. Uh, but I'm sure she is afraid to back DeSantis um, because she's afraid of what Trump is going to say, given how he loves to stick his minions on folks. But then again, it's like you let that fool rise to power. That's a you issue. Anyway, uh, as much as she won't pick her poison, well, DeSantis has also picked up some steam in Iowa. DeSantis is trying to show he is building momentum as he nears making a bid official. Last week, his super PAC revealed endorsements from 37 Iowa legislators, just before he launched a three city tour of the state. Now with that said, Florida's purported governor still has a lot of ground to make up and a in the real clear politics average of national polls, Trump stands at 55% and DeSantis at 21%. Public service of Iowa caucus goers and New Hampshire voters show Trump in the lead in each state. So as much as Trump is still holding on to the lead, if you start having legislators who start backing DeSantis more and using their voice to support him, I'm sure there are people out there who would willingly flip and they can be manipulated because my God, they are Trump supporters. So they're not necessarily the smartest cookies on the plate.
2: So that should be kind of scary to Trump. I don't know, Revana what do you think? yeah first I think that these uh, Republican lawmakers are absolute cowards <laughs> and then they're they're right they're they're scared not just of what Trump will say about them because he will he's petty he will say something about them specifically uh, but he'll also but it's also the supporters the base that he's curated that they've helped him curate that they're too scared to go against now um overall <laughs> this you know sort of more, Uh, competitive Republican primary between these two, the way it's looking is scary for me. Because either way, whichever one of them is the candidate poses a horrifying future for the country if they were to become the president or in Trump's case become the president again. But I think it really needs to be ringing some alarm bells for the Democrats that maybe having a more competitive or robust primary for the president would be a good thing. So that we can see where public support is actually going. Um, instead of throwing all of their eggs in the Biden basket, when Biden is, you know, an old older man <laughs> who, you know, might not be the best position to race against either one of those candidates, Trump or DeSantis. So I think that they really need to have, you know, do some introspection, look at their party, look at the the base, look at their supporters and what they want, um, so that when the Republican primary is over, we're we're not looking at a huge differential between. Biden and whichever Republican candidate it may be, although I think it's probably going to be Trump. If it were DeSantis, you know, I think that they need to get serious about their chances moving forward, especially, you know, with Biden as the candidate. No, and at this
0: point, I'm actually more or less on Team Trump if I had to choose between him and DeSantis, by virtue of the fact that, you know. Trump is also on his way knocking on heaven's door, so I'll take a little, you know, foot in the grave kind of action over DeSantis, who may have years in front of him. And I just kind of sit there and hope for the best in terms of, you know, the Lord calls somebody home. But um, that's just me, because as far as I'm concerned, the things I've seen out of Florida with DeSantis and all of his not giving a damn about the Constitution, laws, and in any way trying to uh, carve out legislation that would pass constitutional muster, the man does not care. And also, his picking a fight with Disney. And um, creating a situation in which migrants are fleeing the state to the economic detriment of his constituents. Like this man is not wise at all, he is far from wise. He is big on ensuring everyone suffers, at least Trump is greedy. And he's gonna keep the engine going as long as he's gonna continue to benefit from it. Whereas DeSantis will let everything burn down and sit there grinning with pudding smeared on his face. Any last thoughts, Ruthana? <laughs>
2: I had something with the pudding comment, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> no, I think you said it all. <laughs> all right, well,
0: we will have more for you when we get back, we see you in a moment. Well, welcome back to Unbossed, Adrian Lawrence filling in for the great Nina Turner. And again, as you know, we got a podcast, that's right. So you need to check it out, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever it is, Hit up the Unbossed podcast, download it, subscribe, and give us those five stars because we deserve them. Uh, And we also deserve to hear from you. So from those tyt.com members, Cheesecake Brownie says, just when we thought Giuliani couldn't get any grosser, we are again proven wrong. Absolutely, because what we know about sexual harassment, it's not about sex. I'm sure he could get sex if he paid for it. Uh, It's about power, and Giuliani is pretty weak as far as I'm concerned. So Jenny B says, both Trump and DeSantis are despicable human beings and would be terrible leaders of the country. Unfortunately establishment Republicans have no backbone and allowed the party to shift this way and no one has stepped out to correct the course. That's right, it kind of makes you miss the days where you had leaders who would just kind of lie to your face and gaslight you. like Because now they won't even lie to your face, they just offend you. Well, C23 Jones 88 says twice in one day mentioned by my favorite host must be my lucky day all right now omega sharon dragon says ray congrats so happy you finished i know you've been at it these past few months and everyone has missed you but for a good reason youtube snapchat says you don't like my music adrian practices her politics respect yes prince of judah 79 says they out here selling pardons like cookies. That's right. Yeah, those people will sell anything that's not nailed down to the floor. And then they'll still sell the floor. Because you know how these Republicans roll, nothing but problematic. And we are seeing that play out right now with them going the distance to support white male vigilantes out here running these streets. Yeah, that's right. You know, Daniel Penny, who took the life of uh, Jordan Neely. Mm-hmm. Watch this
1: you just like to comment on, on on that situation? What happened in New York with that Marine defending people on the subway? Look, as a vet, vets look out for other vets. And what we can't have in our society is inmates running the asylum. And what you saw on the subway, you saw a guy that was very dangerous. He was putting people in harm's way. He was boasting that he may do harm. And I think to be able to step in as a good Samaritan and protect people, Uh, I think that that's something that uh, was the right thing to do.
0: That's interesting when he said inmates running the asylum. Not just a dog whistle for Neely, who we know is black, but also just disgusting. But what would you expect from DeSantis? Uh, You would expect a lot of people out there to to not necessarily fund Penny's uh, defense. But that's not the case after Penny was charged with manslaughter for choking Neely to death on a New York City subway on May 1st. Well, individuals have run to support him. Pouring millions of dollars into his defense. Yeah, the New York Times writer, Jamel Bowie, uh, he took a deeper dive into this issue about Republicans backing white male vigilantism. He said this. It's been nearly three years since the riots and subsequent shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where gunman, Kyle Rittenhouse, a 17 year old from nearby Antioch, Illinois, killed two protesters in what a court determined was self defense. And the reaction from prominent members of the GOP, well, we had Marjorie Taylor Greene, then a candidate called him an innocent child and representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky praised Rittenhouse for his incredible restraint. Rittenhouse would go on and after his acquittal to become a minor conservative celebrity uh, representing white men, who take matters into their own hands, especially when the individual they're going against is in some way racially marginalized or uplifting issues that impact the racially marginalized. And we know that really since Rittenhouse's situation, vigilantes continue to pop up and so does the support for them. This was an ominous development for what is revealed about the conservative mood. There seemed to be bloodlust defined by an almost reflexive embrace of anyone who used lethal violence against a perceived antagonist. That bloodlust appears to be getting worse. We saw it last month when the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott announced that he would try to pardon Daniel Perry, 35 year old an army sergeant who was convicted of murder in the shooting of Garrett Foster 28 at a Black Lives Matter protest in July of 2020. And when this happened, who stepped in to push for Abbott to pardon him? Well, it was none other than Kyle Rittenhouse. It was an unfair conviction, said Rittenhouse, who urged Abbott to step in and free Daniel Perry. The governor obliged announcing on Twitter that he was working swiftly as Texas laws allow regarding the pardon of Sergeant Perry. Of course, in finding out that Perry is a identified white supremacist, white nationalist, things seem to shift. But the reality here that we continue to see is that the idea of who can take matters into their own hand seems to be exactly on the same wavelength of who is entitled to stand their ground or carry a weapon. And at the end of the day, I would say that just like law enforcement, these white male vigilantes are often seen as slave patrol, as slave catchers. To a large extent. So anyone who is racially marginalized, particularly if you're black, or if you are uplifting anything that concerns the racially marginalized, you are on the receiving end of that endorsed white male vigilantism.
2: Uh, Rayvane. I mean, this should scare everybody, right? People should be afraid of the idea that it would be you know, legal, we would legalize vigilantism. I guess in that case, they wouldn't necessarily be defined as some like vigilantes anymore. But it, it should scare you that someone could uh, you know, kill you and then just claim that they acted in self defense and that we wouldn't probe that at all in a court of law. I mean, I firmly believe that self defense should be a defense if you're, you know, charged with uh, homicide, but you have to prove that. You have to prove that, you know, with facts, with evidence through the courts. You have to prove that you acted in self defense. We shouldn't just assume that. I think that, and people should be afraid of that, but these people feel like they're, you know, Untouchable, right? That they shouldn't be able, or they shouldn't be forced to prove that they actually were acting in self-defense, which in many of the cases I don't believe they were, particularly in the case of the the murder of Neely, in the case, you know, in Texas where the man shot the Black Lives Matter protester, even in Kyle Rittenhouse's case. But they they feel entitled that they shouldn't have to show evidence that because they are, you know, white men a lot of them white conservative men that they should just be believed especially if their victims were a black individual a black man black person who they murdered you should just assume that the black person was violent and that we should you know allow that to be uh you know a, a you should be able to say that you were justified in murdering someone because you were fear fearful for your life because that person was black it's ridiculous and it creates you know a very scary idea of what society could become, especially when it comes to all the people, or has been, when it comes to all the people rallying behind him, supporting his legal defense, versus the you know smaller portion of money that people have given to support uh, Neely's family. I mean, it, it it's horrifying to to look it at, is. and I think. People should be a little more scared than I think a lot of people are. Well, if honestly, if
0: they're not scared, they haven't been paying attention. This is how our society has always functioned: the thought that white men are the ones who get to determine when there is a threat, and that it's completely okay and justified when they take matters into their own hands, law be damned. And also, they get to, you know, shape really uh, how our society is policed in any way. Uh, And so this whole situation with Penny, it it really screams to the injustices that are underlying our society but are built within it. And his use of his hands in killing Neely is no different than these individuals out here using guns to take individuals lives. And of course, um, there is now, More laws on the books to protect those individuals who are using guns rampantly, really to the harm and detriment of everyone else in the society. Yeah, following the March 27th mass shooting at that Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee, that left three children dead and three adults. Well, Governor Bill Lee sent out a message a couple weeks later,
2: watch this. There have been times in American history
1: when great tragedy caused those who are elected to serve to come together and respond with thoughtful action. Action to improve laws, preserve rights, and protect communities. And Tennesseans are asking us to set aside politics and personal pride. And they're depending on us to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, so while Lee was talking that game in front of the camera, what was he doing behind closed doors? Check this out, Tennessee Governor Bill Lee has signed off on additional protections. For gun and ammunition dealers manufacturers and sellers against lawsuits within a bill that lawmakers passed after a deadly shooting in march the republican governor quietly signed the legislation thursday its provisions kick in on july 1. Lee's choice to sign a bill comes as he keeps pushing for the same Republican lawmakers who hold supermajorities in the House and Senate to pass a proposal that aims to keep guns away from people who could harm themselves or others. Lee has called lawmakers back into an August special session to consider the change after they adjourned last month without taking up his temporary mental health order of protection proposal. Yeah, that's really cute because again, as we have stated, mental health problems are everywhere, yet we're the only ones having these mass shootings and I would like to say it's definitely the access to the guns. And instead of maybe broadening the avenues for which we can make change and hold people accountable. Well, Lee just narrowed it by making it more difficult to hold gun manufacturers accountable. And the thing is that Tennessee is not the only jurisdiction where there are protections in place against any kind of firearm manufacturer. No, 17 states have have given some kind of immunity to the gun industry, and also federal law basically shields these manufacturers. That shows you that our leaders and legislature are more likely to pass laws to protect those who create these instruments of death than they are to protect the lives that are unnecessarily dying. I
2: don't, I don't get it, Ravana. I mean pointing out Republican hypocrisy, you know, it's easy to do because it's every every word that comes out of their mouth is is hypocritical and it but at a certain point it just becomes so frustrating um because the politicians seem to, you know, obviously they don't care about the hypocrisy. Their campaigns are getting funded by the gun lobbies, the gun manufacturers, you know, they'll continue to to say whatever they have to to try to appease their constituents who are righteously <laughs> Angry that these laws are allowing their children to get murdered in schools or you know, people to feel unsafe every day leaving their house uh, while simultaneously taking money and passing laws to benefit the industries that facilitate that happening. Um and I, I just wish calling attention to this hypocrisy would change the minds of the voters more than it does. Um but and it's just infuriating to watch this happen again and again and again and again and to see. So little change, and to see politicians pretend that they're standing for the people when we can tell, we know objectively that the people want more gun regulations, you know, in every state, all across the country, you know, Republicans or Democrats, independent, doesn't matter. People are for, you know, common sense gun reform, gun regulation and it just doesn't come it doesn't matter how many children are getting murdered in schools these politicians don't care so for them to stand in front of a camera and pretend that they have the moral high ground or that they care about you know the the bodies of the children that are getting buried you know every other week it seems it just it makes me so angry Absolutely, it's infuriating.
0: It's enraging. It's just,
2: it's not only hypocrisy,
0: but it's just so incredibly disgusting. The thought that the first action that they do after three children and three adults are killed at their Christian school is that they pass law to protect gun manufacturers. That tells you where their priorities are. It's protecting their pockets. It's protecting the NRA and the gun lobbyists who are out here um, passing off coins to these lawmakers in order to get them to allow these guns to be so accessible and so widely available. Even if it means that it's going to be our death, our plight. It is us who are going to be the targets, uh, not not any kind of animal for hunting or usage or any kind of lawful or legitimate use. No, not the case whatsoever. It's just it's astonishing to me. But um, then again, it seems that that is the path that our nation has chosen. And uh, it's sad because it's like we're imploding from within and we're just going to end up killing each other at the end of the day. But then again, those are just my thoughts. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts before we close out the show, Ravana. So- so, uh, what's next for you now that
2: you have passed law school? What's going on? Well, I have to take some time to study for the bar. Um, I'm going to keep working. I work for a disability rights advocacy organization right now. I'm going to keep keep working there for a while, but I really want to focus on making a lot of Rebel HQ videos. I'm going to watch, continue, you know, uh, co-hosting and guest hosting for TYT. Um, but right now, I'm just <laughs> taking a minute to catch my breath after being in school for the past 22 years. Feels nice to have a moment where I, you know, I know that I don't have any assignments due, or that, you know, even when the fall comes, I won't have to go back uh, and do, do a whole other year of this. Um, yeah, just enjoying it right now. That's
0: cool. That's cool. It's definitely a new chapter of your life. Um, Gosh, and it is so incredibly fun and to be honest, I absolutely loved the bar exam. And if I got to sit and take those all day long, it would just be my treat. So I do hope you end up loving and cramming for the exam and also doing all of the logical analysis. I definitely wish you the best, you are gonna have a blast and I'm excited to see your incredible videos continue to pop up on rebel headquarters. You all head over there to check out Ravana's videos on Facebook as well as on YouTube and my videos will be there. I know I need to get back Back in action. I've just been holding down Unbossed for the last one, few days. That's right. And you will also happen to see me tomorrow. So I look forward to it. And In the meantime, you're definitely going to want to watch this next show because I hear it's pretty awesome. Thanks for watching today. Ciao, ciao.
1: Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and the Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.